Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. What's going to happen with all of these non-stick chemicals you've been hearing so much about? And who's going to pay for whatever it is that's going to happen this week on Parts Per Billion? Moshi Moshi, and welcome back to Parts Per Billion, the podcast from Bloomberg Environment. I'm your host, David Schultz. So if you've listened to this podcast before or read our website or just encountered one of us on the street, you've probably heard us talking about this class of nonstick chemicals called PFAS. That's P-F-A-S. It's an acronym for a scientific word that I'm not going to attempt to pronounce on a podcast. These are chemicals these PFAS chemicals, they were using things like Teflon, Scotch Guard, some food packaging, and lots of firefighting foam. And they're great for stopping fires and for making things not stick to other things. But as it turns out, they're not great for the environment. The EPA recently came out with a big plan detailing how it plans to address the environmental issues around PFAS. So we thought we'd bring in our environmental reporters who've been covering this issue pretty exhaustively. We have Sylvia in here, who's been reporting on the issues surrounding the cleanup of PFAS. And to talk about how these chemicals affect drinking water we have me i'm i'm me hi everyone so sylvia thank you for joining us first off we went into a little bit about what pfas chemicals are but let's let's get a little bit more into to depth about that what exactly are they and what have they been used for in the past other than teflon which everyone knows about sure so the thing that makes these chemicals so effective is that they have this very strong carbon fluorine bond it's one of the most uh, one of the strongest uh chemical bonds found in nature. And that's also, that's what makes them effective for non-stick applications, but it's also what makes them persistent in the environment. Right. So they, they stick around for a long time. They call them the forever chemicals because they just never go away. Right. And as we mentioned, they were used in Teflon, nonstick packaging, nonstick fabric treatments, but also firefighting foam. And it seems like that's one of the big areas where people uh, encountered it the most is that they would use it in this foam. They would spray it on runways, a lot of times on military bases, and it would seep into the groundwater. And that's where it would start to be a big problem. Why are people concerned about it? What, what kind of health effects does this potentially have for humans and other creatures? We have some idea of the potential effects of these PFAS chemicals. But there are so many in the family of PFAS. Yeah. There are, you know, potentially thousands of chemicals in this family. We don't know exactly how each of the chemicals would affect the human body. So ATSDR. That's um, part of the CDC. Part of the CDC. They are doing a study of communities near military bases where they found these kinds of chemicals to get a little bit more information about how they affect the human body, especially yeah. through drinking water. 
Right, and you mentioned there the two biggest ones that I think people have heard a lot about are PFOA and PFOS. That's PFOS, and they are, are some of the chemicals that we know the most about. There's also one called Gen X, which has been uh, produced in North Carolina. It's a big problem there. So you're right. There are so many chemicals. We don't totally know how they affect people, but there can be a lot of health issues, not just for humans, but also for cows, apparently. That's something that we've been hearing about recently, that, that cows that drink water that has been contaminated with, with these chemicals can get sick. That's It's... It's going on in New Mexico, right? It's going on in New Mexico. Apparently, a farmer had to euthanize thousands of his own cows because they were drinking water contaminated with PFAS, and the milk that they were producing was also contaminated. So he wasn't able to sell any of that product. Right. There aren't a lot of regulations on these chemicals right now. I mean, I guess it's sort of, it's all relative, but right now the EPA has an advisory level that says you should only have 70 parts per billion, or sorry, parts per trillion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, parts per trillion. We should only have 70 parts per trillion of these chemicals in water, but that's advisory. It's not enforceable. Some states have implemented their own binding water regulations, but it's kind of a patchwork quilt across all 50 states. So what is the EPA thinking about doing on this moving forward? They just announced this big plan. What, what's next? Right. On uh, Valentine's Day last week, the acting administrator, Andrew Mm. Wheeler, had said, you know, we fully intend to uh, regulate these chemicals in drinking water. So that would mean that the EPA would set this overarching federal standard for PFOA and PFOS. And that would be that would become an enforceable standard. So they could tell people to clean it up and they would have to do it. Right. So now, yeah, not only would they have to clean it up to that level, but they'd also have to filter out the, the water to make sure that there's safe levels of PFOS. And that would apply to every utility, water utility across the country. That's not going to happen for a while, though, right? I mean, these regulations take years and years and years to be implemented. One of the issues with that is that so many different states are sort of getting in on the PFAS standards train, and they're all setting very different standards because there's really no agreement in the scientific community about how much of it is safe for us to be drinking. So the EPA is going to have to figure out how much they think is okay for the entire country. And then once they get to that point, you know, they ask the public what they think, and then way down the line, they might eventually set a standard. So in the meantime, we basically, we have this advisory standard, not legally enforceable, but that's what the EPA thinks is, you know, could cause some health problems. We have no enforceable standards, uh, either for cleanup or for drinking water for a long time. In the meantime, though, there are lawsuits, lots and lots of lawsuits against the companies that manufactured these chemicals and the companies that use the chemicals. Is that, do you think that's where the action is going to be, at least for the next few years? Yeah. Every time a new community finds out that it has PFOA or PFOS in the water, they want to find out, you know, who's responsible for this. And a lot of those actions result in lawsuits for the big companies that originally manufactured PFOS or PFOA or the ones that use it in their own products like Wolverine Worldwide, which makes a lot of different kinds of shoes. What kind of shoes that they make? What kinds of shoes do they make? I know Keds is one of the brands that they make. There's so just the, so many other ones. So too. the no, the non-stick coatings for your Keds are now the subject of environmental. <laughs> the the waterproof, yes. The, the water, waterproof. Oh, sorry, waterproof. You're probably not frying eggs on your shoes. Yeah, that's. I guess. Yeah, you wouldn't want your shoes to be non-stick. I guess that would that would cause a number of very obvious problems. <laughs> um, so we, you know, we've talked about the companies that made the chemicals. You've talked about the communities where they have this in their water. There's one sort of stakeholder here. I hate that word stakeholder, but let's call them a stakeholder is the military. Because mm-hmm. as we mentioned, you know, this was in firefighting foam. It was used on a lot of military bases. The military could potentially be on the hook for a lot of the cleanup of these chemicals. Where are they at? What's their stance? What's going on with, with the, the Pentagon in, uh, in terms of PFAS? 
us. So the ATSDR study that we talked about earlier, they have picked eight communities that they want to study um, that are near former or current military properties. So they're all military communities, mm-hmm. essentially. So this would have been especially where the firefighting foam would have been used. Yeah. And maybe the foam, uh, chemicals from the foam got into the groundwater and maybe they contaminated the drinking water as well. So at least eight places. But there are more communities that are not part of that study that are also finding these effects from the chemicals. So that's notable in and of itself because it seems like the CDC is sort of acknowledging that, you know, communities that are either on military bases or used to be on military bases are the most affected here. This is not something that, you know, there are a lot of communities that maybe they were next to a plant that produced PFAS or maybe they were, you know, just happened to have PFAS in the water for unexplained reasons. But it sounds like what we're really talking about here are, you know, communities that are near military bases. That's where the problem is most acute. Correct. And it seems like the military is a little, let's let's say ambivalent, that might be the most <laughs> the charitable way to put it, about its role in this in this issue. You know, they're trying to work with the EPA to develop cleanup standards for how to clean this out of water, but the military could be on the hook for literally billions of dollars mm-hmm. in future cleanup costs. And I think they have budgetary priorities uh, just like any other federal agency, and they're getting a little worried. Is that fair to say? Sure. I think as we're starting to find out the health effects of these chemicals and uh, slow determining what standards to use to clean them up. The Department of Defense is thinking about, you know, how much is this eventually going to cost us in the long run? And it is probably billions of dollars. Yeah, we're, we're talking, I think the two years ago, I heard someone say $2 billion. And that was two years ago. And we mm-hmm. knew a lot less about PFAS back then. And especially if the EPA implements really tight standards for cleaning up out of water, that $2 billion is going to look small compared to what it, it <laughs> will be, you know. I mean, right. It's, it's, it could be a lot more 10 years from now. Yeah. All right. That was Bloomberg Environment, Sylvia Kerrigan and Bloomberg Environments myself uh, talking about PFAS chemicals. For much, much more of our reporting on this issue, visit our website at news.bloombergenvironment.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergenvironment.com. This episode of Parse for Billion was produced by myself with help from Jessica Coombs. Our editor is Marissa Horn and our audio engineer is Nicholas Anzalata. Special help today from Pat Rizzuto, Bloomberg Environments chemicals reporter. Thanks, Pat. The music for Parse for Billion is a message by Jazar. And thank you for listening. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.